0: I was picturing a literal vegetable laying in bed. I'm sorry. Anyway, hi, this is Kermi. And this is
1: Cassandra. And we're too good to be be true. true. And today we're going to be doing a little bit of a different kind of episode. And. So we're thinking, you know, some people might be wondering why we've chosen scams and fraud instead of doing your typical true crime murder stuff. Because,
0: like, most of the
1: time you listen to true crime, it's
0: yeah, it's just
1: murders and and that kind of stuff. And there's there are some other podcasts out there that focus on scams and stuff, but for the most mostly part, mostly
0: it's like mystery and murder yeah, unsolved and
1: mysteries, murders suspected murders stuff like that so for us part of why we do what we focus on is because we both work in banking so we've seen a lot of stuff unfold in front of us and have helped bank customers avoid or get out of some tough situations That is
0: very accurate very accurate we've seen some things seen some shit
1: part of it is that we are just fascinated by how it all works how does somebody like the tender swindler do what he does and get away with it And a big part of it for me is because I grew up under the thumb of a narcissistic fraudster. And today, I'm going to tell my story and why I'm so passionate about stopping scammers and fraudsters and helping people avoid them. And I'm just going to dive right in. So, hold on to your butts, because we're going in. I was born in Pennsylvania in November 1986. My parents began dating in high school and married shortly after. And I am the third of three children between the two. I have an older sister, an older brother, and then me, the baby. And my parents divorced shortly before my third birthday in 1989. And my father won primary custody with my mother having visitation every other weekend and for a few weeks in the summer. After the divorce, my father remarried first. I think it was first. I don't know.
0: I was young. don't remember yeah when you're that young like it all kind of
1: pretty sure he was the first one together but his wife ended up being an alcoholic and she at one point did spend 30 days in jail after receiving her third DUI Wow. or driving under the influence if you don't know well the first one when you first get a DUI they have this program and I don't quote me on it but I believe it's called ARD Oh, yeah, where, I've heard of that. Like, you lose your license for 30 days, you're mandated to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, and you have to, like, take courses on how drunk driving is obviously a bad thing. You pay your fines, and you go about your life. But if you keep doing it, the fines and the penalties and...
0: They get the, worse Yeah, the, every everything time. gets
1: worse. So, I, honestly, I don't know what happens the second time, but I do know at the third round, she went to jail. And I do remember the ARD program. I remember going with my dad to like pick her up after okay. the meetings ended. So with that, uh, she never really got better. She never really tried to get better. And the house was always full of fighting. So when I was in second grade, we returned to court and my mother won primary custody. There, the roles were, re- were reversed with us living with our mother and having every other weekend visitation with our father. And I'm not going to go into detail. So the opposite. Yeah, it just kind of swapped. Right. And I'm not going to go into detail about my father since this episode is not about him. But suffice it to say, as you know, he is no longer in my life by my choice. Right. And sometimes that's best for both parties. Right. And meanwhile, my mother also remarried after struggling for a while. And she married a man who promised to take care of us and to love her children as his own. And for a while, he played the part. And I remember the first Valentine's Day we were all living together. He bought chocolates for not only my mother, but also my sister and me. And I thought, wow! So this is what it's like to have a good oh, dad. To Have a dad, yeah, yeah.
0: Like yeah. F- finally,
1: dad. somebody's actually were, going like, to. Exciting. Yeah. And I thought that my stepfather was the coolest guy ever, and he was always. He was really outgoing, charming, and funny. I mean, everybody that knew him for the most part would talk about how he was really hilarious and really funny, had a great sense of humor. And he was really nice and charming, outgoing guy. That's how these people always are. Exactly. And he was also a volunteer member of the fire police and township council. So he was also a brave hero in my eyes, fighting fires and saving lives. I definitely remember.
0: Especially being younger, you would see like, being
1: shown this um, newspaper article where he was on the front page pulling a woman out of a burning building. Wow. And I just thought, wow, he's so cool. That's so amazing, yeah. Yeah, I was like, he is such a hero. He's so cool. He's such a great guy. However, things are not always as they seem. As we have seen time and yeah. time again. <laughs> the, the
0: mask slips away. Yeah, it's like
1: they, they start listening and they're like, I know these bitches are going to get to a twist.
0: I know what yeah. they always do. They always do.
1: So we all moved to a farm when I was 10 and we spent the entire summer cleaning and remodeling the whole house and cleaning and clearing up the property. We decided to actually put the farm to use, so we strung about seven acres of fencing by hand, just us with the help of a family friend. That's and that a lot of work. Was a lot of fucking work. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy
0: shit. That's a it lot. It was.
1: Oh man, I don't even know how many hours it was. I think I swear we did it all in one day. Now, I again, I was ten years old, so I could be getting it wrong, but I feel like we did it all literally in one day.
0: That's and like a really hard day's work. It was, and it was. You did. It do was it in
1: manual. One day. um...
0: Like post pounding. hole.
1: No, it was manual post hole diggers.
0: Like, oh. they're. Oh, the I know what you're Yeah, yeah, about. yeah.
1: That you have to slam it into yeah, the ground and then it and you, squeeze it yeah, and pull the dirt. Okay, about. so it was seven acres of doing that and then Holy stringing shit. high tensile fencing along right. all of the, whatever they're called. I can't remember what they're called anymore. The little things that stick out from the post to hold the wire on. But it was a lot of work. And so we did that. And we then got some cows, horses, chickens, ducks, and pigs, and we started putting the farm to use. But it was around this time that my mom and stepfather started to fight a lot. And it turned out he was racking up a lot of debt behind her back with nothing to show for it. There were charges totaling tens of thousands of dollars, and it was mostly all just gas. I was
0: going to say, what was it for? Gas, food,
1: unnecessary purchases just stuff that he could not show anything for all that money gone just nonsense nothing nothing to show. to show for it nothing he okay. also ended up losing his job because he was abusing the family and medical leave act or fmla and if you're not familiar what that does is It doesn't give you paid time off, but it allows you to exceed whatever your company's paid time off allowances are. And And still keep your job. Yeah, and it holds your job in place. Say you only get five paid days off per year, but you either have a serious health issue yourself or you're a caretaker for somebody who needs your time, then you can take more than those five days off. You will not get paid, but your job is safe so that you can take that time and still have your job. So, like,
0: if he was doing that, he wasn't making any money. He was, though. What was he doing? But this is what he was doing.
1: He was telling his primary full-time employer that he was out caring for my mother's serious health conditions. But in reality, he was taking time off to go to work at his second part-time job for extra money. And when his primary employer found out, that's when they fired him. That's when they fired him. So he was making some money... I believe he probably still had some paid time off, and he was using that and claiming because you can use FMLA whether it's paid or not. You can just file it under your FMLA leave. Right. So I feel like he was taking the time off, saying that he was caring for someone, and then going to the second and job, then going to the so second getting like job. kind of a double dipping situation, getting paid at one job and the other one because the one's paying him for his time off, and the other one's paying him for working there Well, he should what be at the, the first one. What the
0: fucking hell?
1: I think again. I think that's what was going on. I could be wrong. He could have not been getting paid at the first one and was just enjoying... Yeah, you don't know. He He could have just been been enjoying enjoying the the... second one so much more than the first one that he was doing that. I'm not sure. And then he just wanted
0: to, like, hold his place there in case something happened or whatever. Right, and I don't know.
1: So I'm not going to sit here and say with absolute certainty
0: that he was getting paid from both jobs. It's It's possible he was, it's possible he wasn't. It's so silly goofy to, like think about though like only certain people would think of doing mm-hmm. some really weird shit like that you know right I, mean? I would never think of that yeah
1: and he ended up convincing the part time job to let him go full time there so he ended up still having a job
0: okay well that's good i guess and
1: then him and my mom they eventually took out a loan to pay down the debt and this again i'm unsure if it was a consolidation loan if it was a home equity loan i don't know i do know that you they took the they details. took out money to pay down the debt but at that point, he still wasn't trusted with the finances, which is understandable. So when I was around 11 or 12, I was instructed to check the mail when I got home from school because I would get home from school before, before anybody, else. anybody else. And I was to intercept any bank notices or credit card bills. I would hide them under my mattress.
0: Wait, and that's then, not like a big thing to put on
1: a I'm kid. Gonna, I'm going to get into that. So I'd hide these things under my mattress and later my mom would come and I'd give them to her. And I feel like this is the point where I fully lost my childhood, whatever was left of it. I already had a lot of trauma prior to this, which again, I won't get into because it's not part of this story. Exactly. But I think this is the point where whatever shred I had left, it was gone. And I do want to say that I don't think I should have been doing that. I think children should absolutely be taught the value of money and that it isn't endless, that it doesn't grow on trees. You cannot just have everything that you want. Want.
0: Yeah, but it's not how it works. They shouldn't be subjected to adult financial stress. Oh, hell no. No, that's, that's definitely not something. You don't, that's the whole point of being a kid. You should be carefree. Like, you shouldn't have to be worried about stressors like that. Right. It's ridiculous. And I developed a lot of anxiety over it. I
1: worried a lot if we'd lose our house or our animals. I right. Would, I and, that, would,
0: and that's not your responsibility. Right. And like I, I would you shouldn't lie awake at night, on like, shoulders.
1: just scared, you know, that I was going to have to sell my horse, that I wasn't right. going to have my dogs or cats anymore, that we were going to completely lose the house. And having already been in a not great housing situation, I wasn't looking forward to going that's back to
0: freaking it. Freaking awful.
1: And as someone who experienced this as a child, and like I said, it had ultimately stripped me of whatever I had left in my childhood. I don't recommend that parents are completely financially transparent with their children in these types of situations. If you're listening and you have kids, maybe you're yeah, struggling financially. Do By all means, let them know you're struggling financially. Hey, no, right. we can't have everything we want. That's not the way the world works. But they don't need to know. They don't Maybe know, you're close to foreclosure. They don't need to know details. Or, you know, or
0: you, know, yeah. you know,
1: hiding things, stuff like this. You shouldn't be doing that. I'm sorry. No, I don't think it's That's right.
0: crazy. I'm, that kind of blows my mind. I, don't, I never heard that part of this story before. Well, now you know. Wow.
1: And it was around this time that he really latched onto me as his scapegoat. Because the veil had kind of already begun to lift for me, but around this time was when I became fully aware of what kind of person he was. And because of this, he had to deflect attention away from himself, and I became the target. He made up lies, saying I'd said or done things I did not say or do. He blamed me for literally anything that went wrong around the house. I mean anything
0: anything it didn't and then, matter what it was even when there
1: was anything that would happen i would have such anxiety about it i remember one time i was cleaning in the living room and we had one of those those things like the tv stands you know that have the glass doors that oh, open yeah, and I they shut with a about. magnet they were like real big back in our day yeah I know we from. had one of those and i closed the door after cleaning and the whole thing just shattered it just shattered sometimes that just happens
0: yeah
1: with that kind of glass but I was so panicked over getting
0: you were probably blamed and a, yeah. being
1: accused of having done it on purpose. I actually remember I called my mom at work to tell her, to tell her that this happened, and she was just like, "Okay." And that <laughs> happens sometimes. I have you know, to go to work now, but that—that's how bad my anxiety was over him was. doing we're this kind of stuff
0: to me. So worried about the out the outcome of what was going to happen.
1: Mm -hmm. And he was always trying to make sure there was some kind of animosity between us. If things were by chance going well, he had to create some kind of drama between me and my mother. And he always would also start drama and fights on holidays or birthdays. And he made sure that no one could enjoy anything. Could enjoy that day. Right. Starting a fight on Christmas Day just to watch everybody not enjoy it. That kind of stuff. Exactly. He made fun of how I looked and dressed. And at one point he wrote me a nasty note written addressed to Dear Stinky Hair. What the
0: fucking hell? That's, and how old were you at this point? Twelve. Twelve? Twelve. That's like a difficult age already as it is. Mm-hmm. Like, how? How do you treat a literal child like that? Just a You're trash a grown-ass
1: man. And this one... <laughs> You know, and I i still don't think my mom listens to our podcast, but on the off chance she listens to this one because she knows it's about family. Um, I, I never told her that because really? I, I was embarrassed. I thought I really was. Stinky. You were like
0: humiliated. You were like, I thought
1: I was stinky and I thought awful. that I deserved no it.
0: No child should have to feel like that. That's just And so awful. I just
1: never told her. And then I, that's when I started washing my hair every single day, which
0: is horrible, horrible for your for hair. You. Yeah, don't do that.
1: Well, because of how I was treated and our family's constant drama and the financial strain, I had really low self-esteem and I was depressed and anxious. And that's what happens.
0: As one would be
1: when you're around somebody that treats you like that. So trigger warning for the next one. Um, Because of all of this, I was self-harming while I was in high school. I was cutting my arms and legs. I was angry all the time. Nobody really knew I was doing that either. I didn't share it even with friends, counselors, anybody. I had a shard of broken glass in my closet that I would use. A to shard cut. of
0: broken glass, Carrie. Well, that is <laughs> insane. Uh, a lot of a lot I think of teenagers razor blade is bad enough, but a lot of teenagers
1: shit. will deal with, you know, internal problems like that because the whole thing with self-harming is. You can't control what's going on on. outside. Yeah. You can't control these other people in your life and how they're treating you. And you feel like you don't have anywhere to go to. And so this is the one thing you can control control. is your pain. And letting out your pain and your anger in physical pain. Physical
0: way, yeah. And that's kind of the psychology
1: Mm -hmm. that goes behind self-harm. I
0: mean, and that's how people get into, like, eating disorders and stuff, too. Like, it's something you can control. Right. you You know?
1: A lot of... A lot of any type of self-harm or eating disorder or st- stuff like that, it is about it's control. more of a
0: mental yeah, thing, it's a mental than thing. A, like, a physical. Which, of course, I
1: don't do that anymore. I'm an adjusted adult, but that's what was well, going yeah, on then. yeah,
0: I get that. I just can't believe you had a, a glass shard hidden in your closet.
1: Well, I broke my mirror. Like, I had one of those hanging over your door type of oh, mirrors. Oh, see And I had like broken a... it, and so that was back there.
0: That's... That's just scary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was a great time.
1: But, but you're, you know, you're, it, like is you said, you're it is what Like you said, you're a
0: well-adjusted you adult know, now, so it's gonna, all good.
1: You know, I have a reason for telling this story. And in 2008, my mother found out for the first time that he had been cheating on her and that he was also in debt again. And I think that's what was happening the first round, too, is he was just cheating on her. A lot of it was going to dinners, to dates.
0: That's where that money girls. was going. That I makes see sense. I what you're saying. That does make and sense. And this is definitely
1: where it was going this time around. At that point, I had begged her to leave, but she was really invested in the farm and the relationship, so she stayed. And abusive relationships are extremely hard to exit due to the isolation, financial dependency, manipulation, and gaslighting that takes place. It actually takes most women, on average, three attempts to leave their abusers. Some never do, and some don't make it out alive. And just just so y'all know... To not be judging these women. Or even men.
0: It's, when it's in, a difficult situation to navigate. Yeah, and it, each situation really is, is different too. That's the other thing. And
1: I mean the way they work on you is. They they love bomb you in the beginning. They make you think that they are everything that you are looking for and more. And they are going to save you basically. Right. Then they start the isolation process. They want you away from they your family. Away from your everybody. friends. Yeah. Everybody else in your inner circle.
0: And, and then that way, they're the only person
1: that you have. Right. And then to they start to on. manipulate you and yeah. gaslight you. They have you questioning your own reality. They have you believing that no one else could ever possibly love you the way that they do. So you may as well just stay. At this point, you know, I'm, a, I'm older. I tried to go to college, but I couldn't do it. I was drowning, just absolutely drowning in depression and anxiety. And at the time, I didn't have anyone that I felt I could go to. I my my closest confidant at any point was my grandfather, and he passed when I was seventeen. You know, so right. I really didn't feel like I had anybody. I didn't know how to express what I was going through. I knew I was really angry at everything, and I just I didn't know how to you how just to didn't express know how it. To like let and it out. Yeah. At that point, I don't even think I knew that I was suffering from depression and anxiety, like. It wasn't even really talked about that much at that point Yeah, in time.
0: I'm sure you probably didn't even I didn't even realize. Reala- I, I didn't
1: even know anxiety was a thing, like a clinical condition. I thought anxiety was just I'm nervous because I have to give a public presentation tomorrow. Or
0: something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying.
1: So, of course, I couldn't hack it. I ended up dropping out of school and just working. And then I partied every weekend and oftentimes even during the week to numb the pain. It was just constant drinking. Definitely some drugs. I would go out. Usually, I'd go out on Tuesdays because that was no cover night. And then I'd go out on Thursdays for Thursday, Thursday. Then I'd usually go out again on Saturday that's night. A lot just of to, going there's out. a lot of going out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> in one week. Mm-hmm. But that's what I
1: was doing to to deal with this. And that's again. That's luckily I never fell into addiction. I, I have to say, right. luckily, because yeah. luck is the only thing that that kept me from that it. kept you from because that, yeah a lot of people will drink or do drugs to numb their, their pain, pain and then before sure. they know it they're addicted to drinking they're an alcoholic or they're a drug addict and that's again a lot of addiction it's, it's, mental. Mental. Yeah, it's mental it's mental health yeah but luckily i didn't actually come out with anything like that and then eventually i reconnected with an old school friend who had by that point moved to south louisiana so in 2010 I joined him. And I essentially did the same thing that my mother did. I left my abusive home with the first man who offered.
0: Right. And and that happens a lot. This is not your situation is not the only situation. I it happens a lot. Yeah, that's the thing about abuse.
1: Until you break that cycle, mm-hmm. the next generations will continue to live it. And from my home life, you know, I didn't know what real love looked like. When you grow up, yeah, and the only two people in your life that are modeling a relationship, or modeling love in front of you, that's how they're treated. That's what that's, you, what, that's you what you think, think and like. you seek out people who would treat you the same, same way. way. Mm-hmm. And so
0: that's entirely accurate. Having not
1: really known what true love really was supposed to look and feel like, and just trying to get myself out of this situation that I was in, I just went ahead and did it i i just knew i wanted out and he said he loved me and he wanted me to move and it was an escape from right all these things i was dealing with needless to say it was not a healthy, healthy relationship. relationship and after it and then a different unhealthy relationship afterwards didn't work out i ended up briefly moving back home for about a year in 2012 and i was pretty stressed at this point because i was fully back in all the drama My stepfather was back to using me as a scapegoat and being awful to me. And I remember calling him out at one point. I looked right at him, like, just dead at him. And I said, what are you doing now that you need the attention to be on me and not you? You.
0: Exactly. And
1: he did not like
0: that. (laughs) I'm sure he didn't. It was like, hey, I'm not a little girl anymore, so you. you're a bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this man, he even went through the entire pantry and he picked out things that he knew I liked to eat. And he would write, Care me, don't eat on them. In Sharpie.
0: That's so immature. Like, mm-hmm. what is the fucking point of that? <laughs> to control me. And so that
1: one I did tell my mom about because I was like, the fuck is this? Like, right. Why wouldn't you do this? And honestly, the only thing I was really eating that wasn't mine, I was eating the cheapest shit that they bought because right. I felt bad that I was eating somebody else's there. stuff. yeah. Yeah, and I felt like I was taking up space and I didn't deserve to. And I was eating mostly rotini and ziti and different pastas because they're cheap and they're cheap
0: yeah and he was
1: he went through and wrote on all the like the the pasta boxes don't eat don't eat yeah and so i told my mom and and she did tell him to stop it because that's ridiculous but that is but
0: very fucking childish
1: but by that point i was too nervous to even deal with it I just didn't want to deal with it anymore, so I basically just lived off ramen, since that's all I could afford to purchase myself. I literally ate ramen every day. Like, literally every day. That's it. I had a little, I had one cupboard out of all the cupboards in the kitchen, and it was just boxes of ramen, and that is what I ate. And that's
0: what you ate. That was your cabinet. That was my your, diet. Your your ramen cupboard. I had ramen
1: noodle <laughs> and citrus green tea from Lipton. That's quite the diet. That was what I had, man. That's all I lived off of. On October 1st, 2012, I decided to take one of our horses, Ringo, out for a ride. Because I hadn't ridden in a very long time, and I remembered how therapeutic it used to be for me. I put our other horse, Prayer, in his stall to hang out while I rode. And then after I got back, I cleaned up and groomed Ringo in his stall, and then put both the horses out to the lower pasture that was right there outside the barn. I didn't know that while I was doing all that, a fire was starting upstairs. I just knew my stepfather was tinkering around with
0: something. I see.
1: Luckily, I had left the barn and I ran a really quick errand. I think I went to Dollar General for what I don't know. But I came back and that was just right down the road. By the time
0: I got back, the entire barn was engulfed in flames. Full on flames. Full flames. And you had just been in there moments ago. Mm -hmm. So I ran back to the lower
1: pasture where I had put the horses out and I herded them to the upper pasture where it was away from the flames and the smoke and the whatnot. Then my stepfather and I entered the barn and he instructed me to begin throwing out bales of hay and straw to give the fire less to burn. Honestly, by that point, there is no saving it.
0: Yeah, obviously. if it's, like, full-on engulfed in flames, there's when just it, no when way. When it
1: comes to barns, once they're burning, they're burning.
0: They're burning. They're coming down. You,
1: yeah, it's going to come down. You, you get everybody and every animal, animal to safety out. if you can, yeah. if you safely can do so. And then it's at that point, it's just a matter of containing the fire so that it doesn't, so it doesn't spread, spread to other buildings or, you know, uh, become a wildfire, wildfire or, something or something like that. Yeah but he had me go into the barn with him. He convinced me that we could go into the barn and if we threw out a lot of the hay and the straw, it would give it less things to burn and and he was a firefighter. So I was like, okay. You were like,
0: okay. He knows. You know,
1: you're a piece of shit and I hate you, but
0: I feel you like you know. know. You have
1: the knowledge, yeah. And I I still remember breathing in the smoke and just feeling those flames all around me and the big beams that were up top you know that had like different equipment and stuff were just falling all around me oh my god and after a couple of minutes maybe five to ten minutes of doing this i couldn't take it anymore
0: it sounds terrifying
1: and so it was and uh so i ran across the yard to safety and i remember i had to keep looking over my shoulder i was looking back trying to see if i was on fire because it felt like I was... It felt like you were. It felt like I was burning alive. Holy shit. If uh, if any of you have not been in a fire, which I hope most of you have not. I would really hope all of you have not. But I, I can't even describe There's no it. way to describe it. I can't it. even describe the pain. Even when you're not actively burning, the pain is so bad, it wow. feels like you're burning. It's so hot. It's, it's that hotter hot. than anything you could ever imagine like, think about, yeah. You might burn your finger or your ear or something every once in a while on a flat iron and think that's bad, baby, that's nothing. Nothing. Nothing.
0: Wow, that's pretty intense yeah
1: and luckily again i was spared any serious injury i just walked away
0: with some smoke inhalation you got all the animals out right i did yes between me
1: and my mom we both got them all out i had herded the horses i don't think we had any cows or anything at that point just the horses and we had some chickens and the chicken coop was in an old uh what are they called corn corn crib oh yeah where you would store you know the corn and we had converted it to a chicken coop, and they were all there. And that was next to the barn. So she got all the chickens out. I got the horses herded. Dogs and cats were all good. We only had one cat that was unaccounted for, and we just really weren't sure. But she ended up showing back up a couple of days later. So yeah, I everybody was fine before. And I immediately wondered to myself if he had set the fire, because it was just all too convenient. He was up. In the upper section of the barn alone, he was a firefighter. He knew how to make a fire look accidental.
0: They know what is going to be called an arson or not an arson. Right. That's another thing that comes with that knowledge. You know what I mean? You would know how it's going to look. Right.
1: And it, just like with uh, Nathan Roeder that we just did when he was trying to make it look like an electrical, electrical fire because fire. he found yeah. that burnt out surge protector or whatever Mm -hmm. it was that's the kind of shit that people are going to do arson look at that's what they try to do they try to make it look like you know a wire issue or just a random spark i mean sometimes uh, barns will just spontaneously go up in flames flames because of the particles from the hay will just catch fire from sunlight sometimes so i also was wondering you know was he spending again and did he want the insurance money but I didn't voice any of those concerns uh, I don't know why I didn't really say anything I think I was just thinking I wouldn't be believed and that's probably true there really wasn't any proof I mean that barn burned so like thoroughly zero proof
0: there was about nothing anything. left to there was even, nothing left to even investigate yeah there's
1: nothing left to even investigate I don't think there was ever a cause listed formally for this fire
0: probably not
1: and I was afraid of course, that my mom might side with him and that I'd get kicked out of the house and I didn't mean and that. Then what you, yeah, do? and then I'm just yeah. homeless. So I just want to say again, disclaimer, since there wasn't any proof, I will not sit here and claim to know for sure the source of the fire. And most likely this man's never going to hear this. And if he does, by some chance hear it, I just, for any potential legal issues that could arise, I am not and will not accuse anyone of anything I can't prove, and I will only speak on my own experience and verifiable facts. So right now I'm speaking on my opinions, my feelings, my personal experiences that no one can dispute because they're mine, and I'm not blaming anybody for the fire. I'm not accusing anyone of the fire. I know what I think. I know what makes sense. I know what things have been said by him that,
0: That pretty much makes makes me think what I think. It puts it together in a way, but but it's like you have no verifiable I have no proof. proof.
1: I can't sit here and say it. You know, you can't do that. You can't make accusations or claims of things that you don't know are true because that's when you kind of slide into slander territory or libel or defamation. And that's also why I'm not giving his name. I'm not giving his name so that it's not easily traced to him. I mean, if somebody really wanted to play investigator, they could probably figure it out. But that would be insane and a lot of work. And I'm just I'm not going to waste your time on something else. I'm not going to sit here and (laughs) say for sure. I know this man lit this fire because I don't. You don't know. I don't know. I suspect I highly suspect. But I do not know for certain. And I'm not going to say that I do. And I don't want any type of legal issues to arise out of it. Although, like I said, him hearing this is probably never going to happen. For reasons I also won't get into. Anyway, during this time, I was getting a lot closer to a good friend that I'd made while I was living in Louisiana the first time around. And after a while, I moved back down to be with him. And because I missed my other friends and the culture. And we were together for quite a while and we ended up getting engaged. I was still depressed and had really bad anxiety, and after that fire, I started to develop some bad physical symptoms as well. I went through a lot of testing and was ultimately diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is still to this day very under researched. But it is believed by a lot of medical professionals to be brought on sometimes by trauma. Stress and trauma,
0: yes. I have also heard that.
1: While I was living in Louisiana the second time around, my mental health also worsened. I couldn't leave the house for more than a work day without unplugging everything except the refrigerator. And I only left that because I had to because I couldn't let the food go bad. Exactly. But I would unplug everything. I would unplug every lamp every other appliance like stove would everything. get unplugged yeah. everything would get unplugged anything that we had plugged in would be unplugged if we went anywhere for more than just were a work so day i was so
0: paranoid that something was going to i was afraid of
1: another fire yeah. even though deep down i never believed it was an electrical fire in the first place it was just right. that was in there. head that was just that was in my head. head yeah and i would get to a point where i was so scared that i had forgotten to unplug my flat iron in the morning
0: that sometimes i would like
1: drive home i would get all the way to work and turn around to go and check it this evolved into me needing to check everything at all times not just fire related stuff even with my job with anything i was doing regardless of what the task was and i ended up being diagnosed as ocd according to my doctor at that time I had such bad anxiety and depression that it evolved into obsessive-compulsive disorder, which I, of course, never really fully researched obsessive-compulsive disorder because Mm -hmm. who really does that who just randomly looks up mental health
0: disorders? My daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your daughters are weirdos, and we already knew this. Yeah, but (laughs) she looks up everything ailments mental illnesses (laughs) well i mean i was under the impression as most people are that
1: ocd is something that i guess more or less you're either born with or it just develops on its own i didn't realize it's something that can just develop from you just being so overly depressed and having such bad anxiety that it could evolve into into something worse
0: patterns or whatever but it
1: can and there are a few types as they say of ocd there's people that you know that have to count they have to do things three there's times there's so or many whatever. different yeah, yeah there's, there's so many
0: different types there's different
1: types and i was pretty clearly what they call a checker
0: mhm
1: and the and checkers are people who like me need to check every goddamn thing we need Correct. to check You know, if I put a task out for myself, say I had five work tasks and they're on the list, you know, I need to put them on the list. I need to check them off when they're done. And if I'm doing something that requires a specific order of things, I need to check that I have done them all, you know, correctly in the right order. It's overwhelming (sighs) sometimes. And I luckily... It's just that's what your
0: brain does. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm not bad like that anymore after yeah being on medication after going through therapy i'm not i'm no longer on medication but after a while being on medication and going on therapy learning different coping techniques i'm i don't do that anymore honestly at this point i think i'm more forgetful than anything my old ocd self would be very disappointed with, with myself did yeah. i
0: brush my teeth today teeth. self <laughs> i don't remember if i did this or not did i pee yet i don't know I remember thinking I had to pee, but did I actually go pee? <laughs> <laughs> that's my life now. That's that's me every day. <laughs> yeah, I do still struggle uh, sometimes
1: with rumination, which rumination is running the same thought through your head, head over and over, over and over, over and over and over. And and it's not because you have to you have to you know solve a problem or. Brainstorm or it's just the same thought that's just stuck in your head. And as much as you want to stop thinking about it, you cannot do you it. Can't. You can't. You can't get out of it. And it sucks. And so I will still struggle with that sometimes in times of high stress, like after a breakup. I just play it over and over and over and over and over, and over in my over head in and think head. how it could have gone differently. What different did I do wrong? different options,
0: different ways things could have I mean, have what out. does it matter?
1: At the end of the day, you're already
0: broken up. Just move on, just, girl. But yeah. I can't do it. No, I completely understand. Because I know, because we talked about this stuff a lot on our walks and stuff. So I, I, I completely get what you're saying. I,
1: mean, I I've learned a lot of coping techniques, even recently, Yeah, more. And I definitely feel like I'm a lot better, uh, and I'm not just a crazy person. I definitely
0: (laughs) feel like you're a lot better. I have seen... The bad side. (laughs) I've seen a lot of change, honestly. A lot of growth. Not a bad side. There was never a... Let's be real. There was never a bad side to care me. But you... Yes, there was.
1: There was the bad ziti eating side.
0: Oh, well, okay. She ate a lot of pasta.
1: <laughs> How dare I?
0: But can we really, like, fault her for that? Pasta is Ford yummy. She doesn't
1: like pasta? I think that's a red flag. If <laughs> yeah. you, if I went on a date and they were like, I don't eat if pasta, you, I'd be like, yeah, well, it was nice sure. to meet you,
0: sir. Goodbye. Sure. <laughs> I just definitely, I've seen growth because the funny thing is, and I've I've said this. To my husband, like, I definitely have seen a lot of growth. And then the other thing is the closer that I got with Karamee, because we've known each other for a long time, but we got closer over the last couple of years. But it's like, the more I've gotten to know Karamee, I understand more of the psychology behind what makes Karamee tick. And it's like, I know why she does the things she does. You know what I mean? So it's because like, she's crazy. I don't ever take offense, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, that's care me. But honestly, like, I have definitely seen a lot of changes, a lot of growth Yay. for the better. Yay. Anyway,
1: while I was in Louisiana trying to heal from this, things were worsening still at home. My stepfather became more abusive. He financially exploited my mother some more and had another affair that spanned some years.
0: Several years? Yep. Okay.
1: He also lost his other job again because he was stealing from that company. The one that so graciously allowed him, allowed to, him to, to take s- over full to t- time full from part time because he got fired from his first one. He ended up getting fired from there. He was stealing from the company? Yes, he was. In what
0: way? Like actual money? Or- actual merchandise.
1: Or merchandise. He okay. was stealing actual merchandise. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was selling it on the side for extra money. I imagine that's what he was doing because she never said anything about, like, extra stuff showing up. And I was so distraught and such a nervous wreck over everything that was going on. I'm sure it contributed to the failure of my relationship with my fiancé. And I have said it before to Cassandra, and, I mean, I'll say it again on the podcast. I have no bad words for that man. He was great. He was a great guy. He treated me with nothing but respect and love. Honestly, probably the first relationship I've ever had where I was just loved for who I was. Who you actually
0: were. Yeah.
1: It just, it didn't work out because we were just different people. And I'm sure a lot of this played into it because I was just you had a nervous wreck all on. the time. Yeah. And there was one night where I just flat out had a nervous breakdown. And I just sat there crying on the couch and saying, he's going to kill my mom. Like, I just lost it. I was like, he's going to kill her. It's just going to evolve. And I can imagine that
0: that would be something that you thought about and that you would stress over. Mm-hmm. And being so far away, you know what I mean? And not having ac- immediate access right? And, and to your
1: mom. And I had talked to him about maybe temporarily coming home to help her get out of the situation. And then after that, my relationship did end. And I did end up moving back here to Pennsylvania. And I've been here since. My mother finally left our abuser in 2017 and we moved into a house together although I am leaving it but that's where we went. And while we were there he would still drive by the new house frequently and stalk us. So He yeah, was to say
0: didn't he like stalk her and then she had to get a PFA and all mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, well, she had the regular protection from abuse and everything. But then in 2019 was when we actually went to court and we were granted a permanent restraining order. Okay. And that was a shit show. His lawyer was pissing me off so bad. So bad. But we ended up winning and I was just like, "Ha, fuck you. (laughs) You don't ever have to come over here again. I don't ever have to see you again. I don't ever
0: have to see you again. So fuck off. I only
1: ran into him one other time. Outside of that, I ran in, into him in a sheets, and I was That's I was there to like buy a snack or something. I don't know. I had a sheets phase where I was just obsessed. Sheets is a gas station, by the way, everyone. In I case think, you're not from I here,
0: I think a lot of people had a sheets phase. Like when it because sheets was good, y'all. <laughs> we didn't have one, and then there it was, and then like it was a big deal for a while. I was I obsessed,
1: and so I think I was in there getting a plate, and he was in there getting gas or whatever, and he was like, "Hey, Kira Me," and I just ignored him
0: right as As one would would. yeah yeah. and
1: i was just like intent on i think i would have
0: done one of these like uh, i didn't even do that i was just like i was just
1: acting like i didn't even see him hear him he said hi again and i'm like you get the fucking point like i'm not talking to you i have nothing (laughs) to say to you and the cashier was like hey he's trying to talk to you i said hey he tried to kill me as well you still want me to talk to him (laughs) 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 and she was just like um (laughs) Uh. Sorry, it's my break time. Gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. And I still have anxiety, and probably I always will. I still have OCD, and after going to therapy last year, I was also diagnosed with PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: However, like I said, I've learned a lot of coping techniques. I, I don't know. Most days, I feel pretty normal. I mean, to even think that I'm able to say that right now, is kind of incredible, it's to kind me. of
0: it's yeah, because
1: I agree. Five years ago, nothing no. no day felt good. Yeah, I was in pain mentally and physically every single day, and now I'm like, We we went to Maine and we got lost, and now we're gonna go to Tennessee we and we're a, probably gonna we get lost again wormhole or something. I don't know,
0: <laughs> but it'll probably but happen it's again. Fine. <laughs> it's fine, it'll probably happen again now at this point no, i know this time it'll be like the bermuda
1: triangle I, I, don't, I don't know at this I point know. i think it's i've so been much. through so much shit that when shit happens so i'm just like here yeah we, here, just me like, here we, go. Go. <laughs> there we go guess what my tire just blew out on the highway on our way to our vacation and it's fine
0: to, to the facts, that, <laughs> that really did happen yeah she kind of just rolls with the punches you know that's not me at all. <laughs> I w- I was pissed though at first when that first happened. Oh yeah, I was like, "What the fuck!" And I was like, "You know what?
1: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
0: We're just gonna switch cars. We're gonna switch cars,
1: and we did. And I'm gonna and ignore this. And it all this. worked out. And I will deal with it when I get home. <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> and it was a great trip. And uh, I'm not going to talk about anything that's happened with my abuser since then, aside from to say that he's gotten his karma back tenfold and he will not be abusing anyone else for the rest of his pathetic life. Thank
0: God. Yeah. Honestly.
1: I actually still have acquaintances and even family members who refuse to believe everything that has happened or who dismiss it or make it seem smaller than it was. And those people are no longer welcome in my life as I protect my peace.
0: As you should, you know... If people don't want to believe your story and how it felt to you, I mean, because that's you. That's what you went through. That's your feelings, right? Like, who are you to tell me that didn't happen? Who are they to invalidate you? Right. So and those what people can just through. go get fucked because exactly, I'm done. Go with get that. fucked. <laughs>
1: I also want to say that I do not believe in letting your parents treat you any way they want. And just blindly respecting them regardless of how badly they treat you.
0: Because abuse is abuse. Period. Period. No matter who it comes from. And I know me and Karen, we've had this discussion many times. Why should you respect someone who doesn't respect doesn't respect you? And they shouldn't expect you to respect them if they're not going to respect you right and I, I just feel like this is an important
1: thing to say because a lot of people might need to hear this I know oh, we, we sure. do have some younger people listening even if you're not younger even if you're like 50 years old you can still benefit can from still, what I'm about to say yes
0: exactly you
1: do not owe your parents gratitude for putting a roof over your head feeding you or paying for things that is their job they brought you into this world and they owe you those things as well as a healthy, loving relationship. And if they can't or won't provide those things or they're disrespectful or abusive to you, you absolutely do not owe them shit. shit. That's true. You are allowed to leave abusive parents just as you are allowed to leave an abusive romantic partner. You are not obligated to love or like anyone in your life. I agree. Now, you don't have to like everybody, but if they're not being disrespectful to you, by all means, be a civil adult. But you do not have to take abuse. You do not have to love those people. A lot of people will say, yeah, your your parent was abusive, but it's your parent. You still have to love them. No, the fuck you don't. No, you don't. You do not have to love or like anyone. Anybody. And if I need to keep saying that, by all means, send me a message and I will just write it over and over, over for you and over until again. you yeah. get it. You do not need to do that. You do don't not need to keep abusive people in yeah, your don't life. Don't
0: compromise your own health peace and of well-being mind. and peace of mind to keep someone else complacent. Like, you don't owe anyone shit. It doesn't really matter don't. who it is. You really don't. And i really tire of seeing
1: parents say that my children should be grateful because I did this or that. No. They didn't ask to come into this world. You brought them here. You mm-hmm. owe them that. You owe them a healthy relationship you owe them love and you owe them care and if you can't figure out how to do that then you go get yourself some goddamn help, help. because it is not your exactly. child's responsibility to teach you these things
0: yeah it's not your children's responsibility to teach you things those things or to provide things for you that you're not getting yourself because that's a whole nother yeah that's a, that's mess a whole too. nother mess
1: <laughs> and my life has been permanently changed because of the trauma that i've endured But I've done the work to heal. I've gone through pretty intense therapy to learn how to cope with my OCD and PTSD. And I've worked hard to establish financial independence so that I could get my own place. Every day is a work in progress for me. But as my favorite Rose Kennedy quote goes, birds sing after a storm. Why shouldn't people feel as free to delight in whatever sunlight remains to them? That was beautiful. I love it. And I'm going to get it tattooed one day. You should. I tell this story to really drive home that dangerous scammers and fraudsters are out there in plain sight, and they really can and do go after anyone. Anyone? You don't have to be stupid or naive or gullible to be affected. They will use and abuse anyone they can. And honestly, it it breaks my heart that there's still so many people out there going through what I went through, because I know what it feels like, and it's awful. So I'm going to be listing some resources in case any of you recognize yourselves or someone you love in this in story. In this
0: story, yes.
1: I'll post in the show notes places you can go for help if you're being abused and some resources for those of you who have someone in your life that you know or suspect needs help. How to spot the signs, how to get them the help that you think that they need. And I'm also going to link a song just for funsies. Sure. Because it's a we song. We like music. It's a song I heard years ago, and I dedicated it to my abuser. Okay. So, if you want to listen to the song, I'm going to link it. And they actually played it in the newer season of Ginny and Georgia.
0: Oh, yeah, you were telling me about and that
1: And when it came on, I was so hyped. I
0: was like, that's my song! <laughs> that's my song! Yeah! <laughs> Let's go, bitches!
1: <laughs> so, yeah, um... Check out the resources that I'm going to list if you feel you need them or you think somebody in your life does need them. And, you know, help somebody if you can. Hopefully
0: this helps some people, you know, realize things. Even if you're not in that situation, but you're headed that
1: way. Or if you're newly dating someone and they're giving you some red flags walk away by all
0: means just listen listen to this
1: look at you know hear the signs and walk away or like
0: Carrie said if you can help someone else that you know that's in a situation
1: yeah a lot of times abuse victims really need a lot of help to get out of said abuse Mm -hmm. they can't just walk away it's not it's not an easy easy decision it's not easy to do even once you've made the decision it's not easy to work out the logistics of how it's going to happen so by all means check out those resources even if you can't off the top of your head think of somebody that you know that needs help at least peruse that way in case you ever come across it you kind of know you what have to
0: do those resources available then
1: and just remember if it seems, seems too good, good to, to be, be true, true it is. is and if you guys want to find us on our socials we're on facebook too good to be true podcast we're on instagram and tiktok too good to be true pod if you want to send us an email, you can email us at too good to be true pod at outlook.com.
0: Still waiting for still waiting for some, some more some people. Stories uh, you can also
1: send us voice notes anything. if you go to our main webpage at anchor.fm slash too good to be true. And you can also monetarily support us if you would like us to get better equipment and editing stuff and just overall sound better, do better, be better.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
1: farts came up because we're children
0: yeah. yeah so we had to talk about farts
1: and I remembered this story and I don't even I don't even know if I can tell it now without laughing it's so okay. funny but my you know my last ex he told me when he was a kid when he was like I don't know how old he was like maybe 10 or maybe younger I don't know somewhere around that age range and he was upstairs in his room and he's playing. Whatever the hell only children do. I don't know. I've always had siblings to harass. But he was up there and he said he farted. And he farted so bad. He actually knocked himself unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> how
0: do you even? <laughs> and he said it he was, was that actually, bad. It was that, that bad. He and he said he didn't, know knocked how, himself
1: unconscious. he didn't know how long he was out. He went downstairs and his mom was like, is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> and oh I said, and I thought about it and I'm like, do I want to believe that something that ridiculous actually happened? But I have to say that having smelled it myself, I have to think it probably did happen. Cause it was like, it wasn't long after we became like officially a couple, like calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Cause that happened in October, 2020. So then we were going to that Halloween party, that one where we went as vampires.
0: Okay. Yeah. So
1: that's at the end of the month, of course. And he is like in his bedroom finishing up because he decided that we had to go as like old-timey vampires like the classy ones like classy so that's why vampire. i was wearing like a dress and he was wearing like a suit and then we both had those like glue-on teeth the snap-on ones that look more realistic than <laughs> the you know shit you buy at spirit halloween or whatever right. and he was finishing up like putting his suit on or whatever and i walked into the bedroom to like hang out with him and i'm like oh my god <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what to do because I'm like, we is he like, do I, I like, it? Do is I he okay? Address... It's that bad. Is he
0: okay? Like, are your insides are we, okay? Are you
1: sick? Do we need to stay home? Does this room need fumigated? Is there a sewage leak? What happened? <laughs> what happened? What even... it happened? to So you? I look at him and I said, Did you fart? <laughs> and he just looks at me and goes, Yeah, I understand if you just want to break up with me right now. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it must have been bad. It was so bad. I don't... I've never in my life... And I, I,
0: cannot. I
1: mean, God. We all do it. We all mm-hmm. fart. There right. is no denying it. Like, I'm not even going to sit there and pretend. However, I don't tend to do it in front of people. I do have some manners. Like, right. I'm not going to just belch in front of people. And I'm also not just going to let loose with a fart either. But sometimes... You gotta fart, you know? Yeah.
0: That's so funny,
1: though. Oh, my God. I remember one time, though. It was, like, early on in my relationship with my ex-fiance. And I didn't want to fart in front of him, but I really, really had to. And I got in my car to, like, go to work. And I swear to God, the same fart lasted for, like, five minutes. (laughs) the longest part of my life. That's a long that was, time. That was to the fart.
0: longest, and I was just, just like, "Oh my god, I don't think it's ever minutes. gonna stop." Oh my god, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I don't think I've ever let a long fart. That's, that's <laughs> something. I don't, even,
1: I don't know, man. I've never experienced that before in my life, and never since. Never since.
0: since. <laughs>
1: it's just yeah, a one time. One time. And life. I was like, I'm pretty sure that a demon just
0: exited my body. <laughs> Thank <music> you.